the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. In a day of uh, existential despair for a lot of us in western Pennsylvania, we showed up for work. Kath, good to see you. Thank you, John. Good to see you. Thank you. We are one of the uh, the few, the proud. Uh, new Mike, hello. Not here, but classic Mike shows up for That's work. right. Classic Mike is here. Showing up. New Mike, food coma. Millennial, my little friend. I think it's what it is. Uh-huh. I think it's uh, too many wings. Could be. I mean, you know, some people have called him out as a snowflake, but that's what it is. We're here. Mm-hmm. 17 million people across the country chose not to show up today. Which is exactly why this should be a national holiday. This, what, it the, just should be the day after the Super Bowl. We should all just agree it's a national holiday and we're not going to work. It's never going to happen. No, it is going to happen. I don't think no, so. No, I feel good about it. What are you kidding me? You know why? Because of this, people fought listen, for decades to listen, get MLK ha- Day. I mean, this easily, is what is this, this? Easily half of the station staff is not here. Oh, probably three quarters. I mean, some people who don't even like sports aren't here. Yeah, right. What is it? Guacamole hangover? I don't, I'm not sure what it is. I, I didn't know that there were so many. Uh, what people who would blow the day off amongst us? Well, at least fifty percent of those people. Yeah. Surprising. It's actually called National Football Hangover Day. Yeah. This, this this day has been termed because people have experienced what we're experiencing, which is, hello. Yeah. My guess is people were so bored by the game, they fell asleep and have refused to wake up because that was a bad game. I was good with it for the first quarter. I thought, oh, of well, course. this is interesting. Yeah, yeah right. This is interesting. There's a lot of Right. I like the fact that, you know, it's not 21-20 at this point. I by the middle of the third quarter, I was like, "Hello, really? Hello, is anybody playing football? What is going on? It was just bad yeah. football. I felt the Steelers had a good chance <laughs> of winning that game. Had the Steelers played, oh, they, they got to beat these guys. Gosh, yeah. I mean, you know, so it's a defensive game. Well, I think the over under in the game was sixty six. Really? Holy! Well, so what was the what was the total? Sixteen. So, yeah. Yeah, it was 13 to 3. That was the right. final score, right? Exactly. Could you believe when they scored that touchdown at the end? Were yeah. you like. Yeah, you knew, you knew it was going to. I mean, sooner or later, yeah. somebody was going to score a touchdown. How about the. Uh, I mean, the Rams. This great. This, this offense. offensive juggernaut. Didn't happen. No. Nothing. You know, guys, there were a lot of people down at the uh, Rivers Casino yesterday because yesterday was the first day that you could bet, you know, on football, on professional football, Super Bowl. Guys were doing side bets. At the end of the game, which I. I just happened to, whenever um, Belichick was doused with Gatorade, mm-hmm. there were people betting on the color of the Gatorade. People, That's when you know you have a problem. People bet on all sorts of weird stuff. People bet on the coin toss. Who'd win the coin toss? Did you watch it till the end? 
Uh, I didn't watch the Super Bowl. Pre- I didn't watch the presentation of the trophy. But you watched the whole game? Oh, yeah. I didn't watch the whole game. Oh, I did. What? You walked no, away? No, I, I faked out. I faked out as soon as they scored the touchdown. Oh, really? Just as said, soon you're as done. they scored the touchdown, I thought, you know what? We're done. Well, no, I didn't want to. I think, okay, well, what if by some miracle of miracles, L.A. pulls it out? Well, I was recording it, so I probably okay, had that uh, in my back pocket, which you didn't have. So I can't. Pocket. I did. I was like, okay, so okay. if it's miraculous, I'll go back and watch it. But yeah. otherwise, I went. Right to the PBS show I'm watching, and I didn't care. What are you watching? Uh, Endeavor. Oh, I don't know. No, it's a wonderful show. Okay. It's nothing new. It's All been right. out for several years. I'm waiting eagerly for what I think is the fifth season. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. Right. Uh, anyway, but I went right back to that. You know why? Because yeah. it's too, because real life is too painful. Well, that was just rough. Just really rough. However, to be fair, I enjoyed Many of the commercials yesterday. I did enjoy a Many. lot of the commercials. Yeah, yeah. And um, and I'm interested to talk about the halftime show too. We're going to do both of those things at five o'clock. <laughs> okay, yeah. that halftime show. Huh? It's like a postcard. What do people expect? I don't know. It's not. I don't understand why this has to become this gigantic thing. Like it's the worst show of all time. It's it was the fine. It's whatever. It what? was fine. I mean, they did their greatest hits, right? Hey, look. Oh, look, someone's calling. Hello. Okay. Calling in to yeah. John and Kathy. Okay. <laughs> we'll get back to you. We're live on the air right now. I <laughs> wonder who it was. I don't know. We'll I find out know. during the commercial no break. No one I recognized. Okay. Anyway, coming up next, this week in the nation's capital, uh, Greg Cluxton with us, SRN News White House correspondent. We'll talk about the State of the Union coming up tomorrow night. Now, talk about that'll be a much better game oh, than last night. Heck yeah. I think it's as advertised, we're going to get to see the real deal here. Stick around. White House is next. 101.5 WORD. When they announced their engagement, their friends and family rolled their eyes and said, marriage isn't worth the trouble. On the next Focus on the Family, you'll hear why that couple got married anyway, and they went on to create a unique and thriving marriage ministry. Their story will give you hope for your marriage and family, and it's next time on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Tonight at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. Employers, are you tired of paying outrageous premiums for health insurance? How about a plan that allows you to go to any hospital in the country, a plan that pays you back every year? Now, whether you want a top-of-the-line health plan or just enough to keep you legal, Marley Financial has a custom-made plan for you. As a business owner, you owe it to yourself to stay ahead of the ever-changing marketplace, and Marley's been on the cutting edge of new and improved health plans for both individuals and for businesses. And only Marley Financial offers health plans that actually pay you back. Go to MarleyFG.com for unbiased, top-notch plans from any carrier in Pennsylvania, plans that'll save you money and give you an edge over the competition. They even offer custom business solutions to reduce your liability and overhead as you grow. They're truly one of the most innovative agencies in the nation. So give them a call, 724-884-1496, or visit MarleyFG.com. If you take a look around your hometown, you might notice that there seems to be a mattress store on every corner, each with a different sale every weekend. Where do you start, and how do you know if you're actually getting a good value? Here at the Original Mattress Factory, what you see is what you get. You'll find our hand-built, high-quality mattresses at the same great price every day. Stop by one of our local factories or stores to experience the Original Mattress Factory difference. Great beds, no bull. The gimmicks, the flashy sales, and the big markups. Mattress stores have made the mattress shopping experience confusing on purpose. Ron Trzinski started the Original Mattress Factory to create a better way. He raised the bar on quality, offered hand-built mattresses for a fraction of the cost, 
and ditch the high-pressure sales tactics, all to create a better mattress buying experience for you. You could say he was the original disruptor. Stop by an Original Mattress Factory store or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. Some say Hulu is the bacon of TV. Think about it. Bacon is so incredibly good, it ruins eating everything without bacon forever. And Hulu? Well, with tons of shows and movies, exclusive originals like The Handmaid's Tale, plus live TV for sports, Hulu will ruin TV for you forever. Mmm, bacon. Mmm, Hulu. Hulu with live TV plan required for live content. Restrictions apply. Every Monday as we start our show, we go off to the White House. Greg Clugston is the SRN News White House correspondent. He brings us up to date about the goings-on in the nation's capital. Greg, welcome back. Happy Monday to you, sir. Good afternoon. How are you doing, John? Good. I'm glad you showed up today like um, a a lot of us, although you don't have the Super Bowl hangover. 17 million people chose not to show up at work today. I heard that, and... um you know, I guess that's appropriate because the Rams didn't show up at the Super Bowl. Right. No, they sure did not. Yeah, actually, the Patriots didn't show up for most of the Super Bowl either. No, really. It was it was hard to watch. Horrible, it was just very, horrible. very dull. I actually said that I thought probably the game, and I put that in air quotes, tomorrow night will be more of a game than last night. Mm-hmm. You know, and possibly, and you know, the funny thing—well, not not funny if you're a Saints fan—but they have to be especially upset because oh they would have had you know a veteran like you know their head coach and and Drew Brees going at it, like uh, unlike the Rams. Wouldn't but, that have oh been well, nice. that's what happened. That's yeah, right. Okay, sure so tomorrow night is the game I'm talking about is the State of the Union. Um, Taco, give us a little preview of what we can expect. Well, the, the, the little bit of the preview that we have received uh, from officials here at the White House over the last few days says that the president, and you may have, maybe have heard this, is the president is going to be emphasizing bipartisanship and unity. Uh, I know. Some of these uh, elusive traits and qualities that uh, Washington, D.C. has, uh, has not had for some time, but uh, that's going to be at least part of the effort. Now, we, we know that this annual event, uh, no matter who the president is, it's an opportunity for the president to have you know, a primetime, nationally broadcast speech on radio and TV. You've got the platform there in the House chamber, and it's an opportunity to, to do a couple of things. One is to sort of use that platform to tout your accomplishments, achievements, and then also lay out an agenda, like what, what's the plan going forward uh, for the new year. And, of course, what's different this time for Donald Trump is that he is working with uh, a divided Capitol Hill. He's got Republicans, of course, still controlling the Senate, but it's Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats who control the House. And as we already know, since the first week of January, it's gotten off to a rough start between the Democrats and the White House. Surely it has. So um, the State of the Union is already a, a fractured event because of the uh, Republican-Democratic deep, hard divide in this administration. But w- what can we expect with the recent shutdown? And I believe that President Trump is counting the days forward until he chooses to shut down the government again. What do you think? Right. Well, you know, it's funny because this speech was originally scheduled for a week ago, and it got delayed because of the government shutdown. Nancy Pelosi didn't want to have the speech uh, during the shutdown and essentially blocked, you know, the president from, uh, from, from going up there. She has to formally invite him, and there has to be a, a resolution passed, and none of that ended up happening. 
And so uh, it got delayed one week. But you're right, John, in saying that this February 15th deadline is still hanging out there. It's a week from this coming Friday. And that's, uh, that's the end of the three-week period that the president allowed for lawmakers to come up with some sort of a compromise, possibly, on border wall funding uh, so that the government could, could continue to stay open with funding for all of the various departments. So it's really just temporary funding that he approved a little over a week ago. And so that is hanging over his appearance on Capitol Hill tomorrow night. And he has been talking about and teasing the possibility that he may announce during his speech or shortly before or after the speech what his intentions are in terms of whether he would declare a national emergency to sort of go around Congress to use funding out of the Pentagon or elsewhere. So we have to wait and see exactly how that's going to unfold, unfold tomorrow night. And sort of being the showman that Trump is, and he understands you know, TV and how to, to use that medium, he is teasing this out, hoping to you know, drive people to watch him give that speech tomorrow night. Craig, I've heard that Mitch McConnell, who is the uh, head of the Senate leadership, is not in favor of declaring a national emergency. Now, does that matter to the president? Does he have to consult other party leaders before he makes a decision like that? No, I don't believe he has to. It's not that he's required to, but it's, it's whether or not there would be any pushback from Republicans in the Senate. Uh, in, in fact, if, if they felt like it was really weakening uh, you know, the presidency and, and, and all the rest, you know, they, they could, you know, pass a resolution or they could stand up to him on some other issue in defiance because of their concern over that. But it's very interesting that, um, you know, McConnell, his, he is, uh, he's always been described as, you know, this, this tactician, you know, this very, um, uh, someone who knows the rules so well, but he's also mindful of when to say something and when not to say something. So the fact that we know that he has voiced his opinion on this matter does carry some weight because uh, he, he's sort of looking at the, at the long game here, whereas the president may not be concerned as much on the long game with that decision. Right. I mean, there's a possibility, right? In two weeks or so, the government shuts down again. And in many ways, when you look at this, this is President Trump sort of staking his entire presidency on this border wall. Right. That is a possibility. Now, if the president was to go ahead and use his executive authority and declare a national emergency on the southern border and is able to then use other funding for the for the wall, then presumably the, the government wouldn't be shut down because he would he would then agree to fund these agencies that were affected in the previous shutdown. That he would just go ahead and, and, and approve that funding bill, but in terms of the wall, he would use the emergency order to get the wall money. Okay. So uh, there are a couple of different scenarios the way it could play out, and we simply don't know yet how it's going to play out. So, and we're talking to Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent. Now, d- any indication of whether the words border wall will show up in the president's speech tomorrow night? My guess is yes because he talks about it. Now, he may even explain um, the whole debate over the syntax. about it, the, the Whether use, it's a wall or not? Whether it's a wall, a barrier, a barrier right. slats, see, you know, see-through, steel slats, whatever you want to call it. And that has been a whole side sidebar story here the last week or two, you know, because Democrats will say, well, we're for fencing or we're for a barrier, but we're not for a wall. And the president has at times said, look, I don't care what you want to call it, call it a barrier, call it a wall, but we need a physical structure there that will help with our security on the southern border. So 
maybe he'll be as blunt uh, as he has been in the past and use the podium to say say that very thing. Say, look, I don't care what it's called, but let's let's give the funding for this kind of a, of a physical structure. I see. Let's move forward then, Greg. Uh, talk to us about uh, President Trump and his daily schedule that was leaked. Tell us that story. Yeah, Axios over the weekend uh, received information in a in a big leak from somebody inside this White House that uh, provided the news outlet with three months' worth of daily schedules that detail the president's, in in fairly, you know, in in the chunks of his day, of how the day is allotted and scheduled for him, uh, going back to, um, you know, to early November, I believe, were the first dates on that. And what stands out is the fact that there is a lot, and we've heard this before, so some of this wasn't brand new, but, uh, but some of the specific details on days exactly and how much, how much time, showing that about 60% of his time during these 90 days um, is devoted to what the White House calls executive time. Mm-hmm. And that is a phrase that we have heard officials here at the White House use before. And so that means he's, he doesn't have any formal meetings necessarily scheduled or anything on his public schedule during this time. But it's office time or it's residence time. And sure. the president, it's presumed that he uh, is uh, reading newspapers. He is maybe watching TV, often Fox and Friends or Fox News Channel, and then ends up tweeting a lot about what he reads about and what he's watching on TV and taking a lot of phone calls. Um, and so it's 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 driven this whole uh, news coverage cycle over the last 24, 36 hours about how the president spends his time and how, yes, it is different from previous administrations and, fr- and previous presidents in terms of what we knew about their schedules. Right. So w- what is the difference? What's the big deal? Well, the, the White House says it's not a big deal. Sarah Sanders said, look, uh, everybody is different. They use their time differently sure. and that the president – needs and um, is best served and the country's best served by having him have some creative time in his day to um, to make phone calls to reach out kind of beyond the washington bubble make calls to people outside of uh, you know the, the inner circle here and uh, you know and sort of get in keep in touch with what's happening out in the country um, and they'll say in the white house says look it just it's a proven track record he's got the economy booming along and he's he's made all these other accomplishments so his style of leadership, while, yes, it's different, shouldn't be criticized because they point to actual success because of it. I see. Right. I, it, I don't know. It doesn't seem like that great of a story to me. No, I know it, it was all over and it was all over everything today. But I thought, you know, if, what, if you've got to make phone calls, he's got to, I mean, obviously, if you sit in there watching Fox and Friends the whole time, that's one thing. But if he's actually, you know, yeah, he's working. Right. And I, what, so what's the deal with the leaks? That's, Greg, to me, that's the big story. Who's the fox yeah. in the hen house? Who is or the pledging, fox says. Right. Pledging allegiance to the president by working with the administration and then releasing really classified, I would say, delicate information. That's really more of the interesting, um, perhaps newsworthy part of yeah. the story is who's doing this. Because you even had someone who sits, she's the assistant who works in the, in the office that is, sits right outside the Oval Office. And so she sees all the traffic coming in and out of the Oval and transferring phone calls and things. And in that role, she said, um, and she was on, on Twitter essentially uh, denouncing whoever was responsible for the leak because it, it doesn't really give a, an accurate pic- picture of you know the, the business and the work that goes on inside the West Wing. But exactly who... Obviously, there are any number of people inside the West Wing that would have access to this daily document of the president's schedule. Uh, but who would then release three months of this with 
presumably the uh, the intent to either try to embarrass or 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 something the president uh, in the process. It, it it still remains a big question. And and this this leaking, as we've talked about, really going back to the beginning of the Trump administration, right. he has uh, now this obviously leaking to some degree happens in every administration. That's that's nothing new. But the level of what we have seen in leaking and the kinds of things that has have come out of this White House is really uh, makes you want to scratch your head. Now, I mean, off the top of my head, I think that the chief of staff is the one who has who would be the one who would smoke that out and, you know, clamp down on things. There, there isn't one right now. Who's the acting chief of staff? Acting chief, chief of staff is Mick Mulvaney, uh, who was formerly the budget director. Okay. And uh, it's it's unknown whether he's going to be kept on in, in a permanent um, capacity. Um, and he's one of several uh, acting. people. Who are acting. acting. Yeah. Now, the president, just in the last hour or so, did uh, tweet uh, that he is going to be um, nominating the acting interior uh, department secretary uh, to be the permanent head of the interior department. Uh, so that's maybe one less off that list. But there's a long list of cabinet officials and others who um, are in a, in a sort of a temporary acting position right now. Um, and so that has that's led to a whole other series of stories about uh, his leadership and how he goes about having his team work for him. So I don't know if you can you know, qualify which of these acting positions are more crucial than the other. But it just seems like from what I've read about a chief of staff that they're the ones that are keeping, you know, the trains running on time um, around the West Wing. So I, so from your perspective, you know, do you notice anything in particular since Nick Mulvaney has taken over in only an acting position? I would say the short answer is no. I haven't seen anything that w- would be drastically um, or even noticeably different um, and some are wondering if it's almost sort of a placeholder position that the president, by removing some of the stronger figures from earlier in his administration, um, including the former national security director and, and some of the others, um, that he sort of has kind of cleared out. And, uh, you know, and obviously when you have the former chief of staff out of the picture as well, he's kind of created this, this space, and he's, 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 he's almost his own chief of staff as mm-hmm. the president of the United States. That's been suggested. What's interesting, too, is that Mick Mulvaney, it's been reported in the last week or so, really has his eyes on the job of becoming the Commerce Secretary, which is currently being uh, at a job held by Wilbur Ross, and there's been no talk of Wilbur Ross leaving, but apparently that's a job that he's, he's sort of keen on uh, perhaps scoring at some point. So, you know, Mulvaney may not be long for the job one way or the other. Greg, one last question for you. Um, looks like the Democratic candidates for president are already lining up. Um, is there any, com- any comment from the president yet at this point about who he might face? Uh, he, was, uh, he was faced with a couple of those questions about the 2020 race uh, during his uh, pre-Super Bowl interview with CBS News. CBS was the network that ran the game, and so this has become a tradition where that network gets a, a lengthy interview with the president. And he was asked, um, I think, about a, a, couple of, uh, a couple of the people, including Senator uh, Cory Booker of New Jersey. The president says he thinks Booker has no chance, zero chance mm, of winning right. the Democratic nomination. So he was he was quick to, to kind of put his uh, chances quite low. But he uh, he did say, whether it was in the CBS interview or maybe the New York Times interview that he also did last week, he, he was talking about Kamala Harris, the senator from California. Mm-hmm. He uh, he did not dismiss her chances right, uh, right off the bat at all. He thought she had a very good rollout. She had something like 20,000 people for her announcement out in Oakland, California last weekend. 
and he thought that was pretty impressive. So beyond those uh, those early comments and his usual comments about Senator Elizabeth Warren and, and hoping Joe Biden might jump back in the race, uh, he hasn't talked a lot about all the rest of them yet, but there's lots of time. There is lots of time. So, Greg, back to the State of the Union tomorrow night. Uh, will you be anchoring for Salem? I will. I'll be anchoring and uh, working alongside with uh, my Capitol Hill colleague, Wally Hines, and uh, we'll have our 9 p.m. Eastern Time coverage uh, for a couple of hours and looking forward to it. Nice. Coverage gets underway at 9? Yes, it does. Very nice. Greg, always a pleasure. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, you guys. Bye. Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent. Information about Greg, wordfm.com. I had a great time this morning with my dentist. She just made me feel so comfortable. To patients of Dr. Megan Stock, she's more than a great dentist. She's an answer to prayer. She makes you feel so calm. Didn't make me feel shameful about the condition of my teeth. We just love to talk about the Lord and what's going on in our families. I am confident that when I'm finished that I'm going to have a bright, beautiful smile, which I really wanted to have for a long time. She does fabulous work. Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. A moo moo here and a moo moo there. Here a moo, there a moo, everywhere a moo moo. Hi there, it's me, Marcia from the Springhouse, inviting you out to our real working dairy farm in 84, Pennsylvania. Not only will you enjoy watching the heifers in the field and the baby calves in the mini barnyard, but you should also come hungry for our fabulous farm fresh cooking. Step inside the Springhouse for hot roast beef sandwiches, turkey and stuffing, hickory smoked ham, stuffed cabbage rolls, real mashed potatoes, and a whole lot more. A different menu each day. The locals tell their friends that our famous chocolate milk is the official drink of the Springhouse. And be sure to save room for apple pie, ho-ho cake, Oreo cheesecake, or lots of other from-scratch goodies for dessert. Have I made you hungry yet? Let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. This is going to be the year. This is the year you are finally going to get more sleep, real sleep, deep sleep, the kind where you wake up feeling fully rested, refreshed, and ready to take on the day. Well, put your head on my pillow. This is John Hall. There's no better time than now to make my pillow your pillow. Stop tossing and turning and get the support you need in your quest for a better night's sleep. Right now, Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, is offering Word listeners his amazing four-pack special. Order today. You'll receive two premium MyPillows along with two Go Anywhere pillows. Plus, shipping is absolutely free. Just enter the promo code WORD at MyPillow.com. Try it. And if you don't absolutely love it, return it within 60 days for a full refund. If you've resolved to get a better night's sleep, now's the perfect time to do it. Use promo code WORD at MyPillow.com and make MyPillow yours today. That's MyPillow.com. Promo code WORD. For victims of drunk and drug driving, our grief is unique, but you are not alone. Matt is here to help. Call our 24-hour victim helpline at 877-MAD-HELP or visit mad.org. That's M-A-D-D dot O-R-G. A mild night coming up, occasional rain and drizzle from late evening on, low 46. A couple of morning showers tomorrow, otherwise rather cloudy, not as warm, the high 48. 
Mostly cloudy tomorrow night with a low of 36, then rainy on Wednesday and turning milder once again, the high 55, mild weather continuing through Thursday. I'm AccuWeather's Jack Hubbard on 101.5 Word FM. They out there right now, just so lovely. It is just oh my gosh, wonderful. You know, we've been talking a little bit about food because last night was the Super Bowl. Yeah, of course we like food. Yeah, we sure do. Pro food here. But, but I didn't ask you. Uh, you know, New Mike is not here today. No. Classic Mike ably filling in. Always. New Mike not here. He said he had a sinus problem. I believe he's in a food coma. I think something's wrong. So uh, I'm wondering what it is that you ate last night. Did you have special Super Bowl snacks? Um, yeah, we you know we sort of. Uh, Noshed a little bit of this, a little bit of that. The, the, Just like what you had in the refrigerator? No, no, no. Oh. The main thing was on the menu. We had we had uh, barbecued ribs. Wow. With some uh, coleslaw and some mm. green beans and uh, some scalloped potatoes. That was our meal. Well, that sounds delicious. That was a very nice meal. That very sounds nice. very And then around that, good. you know, we sort of did, you know, I like myself a little barbecued Frito with some dip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being honest about myself. I'm going to reveal my inner snacking. Okay. That's my, you know, I, I'm always happy to do that. Mm-hmm. My kid got me on that. He did, because okay. I used to like Fritos. He'd go, try a barbecue Frito. Oh, yeah. It's a little chili cheese barbecue Frito. So I had like a little bowl of those. I wasn't mm-hmm. crazy. What kind of French onion dip? Uh, hell of a good. Okay. It was, actually, it's not French onion dip. It was bacon horseradish dip with the barbecue Fritos. What? It's cranking it. Mm, that's sweet. Why are you shaking your head there? That's good stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a few uh, chips in there, some kettle kettle chips. Okay. I'll say a little um, gummy bear treat thing. Which wow, I, I to like wrap little, it up. I like a little candy once in a while. Yeah. Wow. And also my wife had some uh, chocolate chip cookies. So. <laughs> Jeez, that sounds like a pretty good party. I was I was feeling pretty that game was so bad though. Yeah. So you need something to take your mind off oh, the terrible man. game. Yeah. My wife looks she knows how to make a rib. Wow. I'll tell you that. That was good stuff. It's how about really, yourself? It's really impressive. Tell me. Um well I mine was a, a very simple approach. Oh yeah. Uh, you were in the hospital. Yeah, so my dad's in the hospital, so you know, I was there for for the first uh, half of the game, mm-hmm. and then at halftime, after I watched the halftime show, I, I had to drive home. So when I got home, I just made uh, white cheddar popcorn. Okay. Uh, I had a, um, this is my new, you know, uh, off sugar, but right. not for every little thing. I have to treat myself in little, Bowl. you have to treat, so uh, I'm, I've, I'm on this, I have this massive unhealthy interest in cranberry juice. Oh, listen. No, no, no. I love that stuff. That was my drink of choice. I was doing cranberry juice with some ginger ale. Which is delicious. You're doing straight cranberry? I'm doing, I'm doing cranberry gra- cran grape, okay. which I think is my favorite. I like just straight cranberry. No, I like cran grape. There's anyway, a lot of that, sugar in there. That is a lot of sugar mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. But it's very good with white cheddar oh, popcorn. Of course it is. That is a very, very good Wait, you're doing a little uh, microwave? No. Where, where's, your mic- where's your white cheddar? What? I have it's it's a little shaker thing. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Oh, of course I do. So I make it in the in our the same mm-hmm. popcorn pot you have, and yeah. then I put the white cheddar on top, and then I'm good. You know how to live to go. You now did. here's the thing I got to confess because you know I've picked on you in the past for having low rent snacks. Shocking! That's shocking that you would pick on me. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Kathy, stop being so mean oh, to John. Oh, listen. Hashtag Kathy. Oh, cry me a river. Uh, <laughs> you picked on me. For the low-rent snacks. I picked on you for one low-rent snack. Which was what? Which was uh, Swedish fish. Oh, I could care less about that. Because that is a low-rent snack. I don't care. I'm happy listen, to have those. I'm actually more low-rent than you are. What did you because have? Because this is, again... My... I had gummy bears last night. No. I had Jello. Oh. 
<laughs> I like a Jello. Listen, gel it's super Yinzer. So you made that hours before. I made it a couple days ago. Been actually. sitting in the fridge all yeah. that time. Yeah. Weren't you worried about you know like um, scent contamination? No, because I had a cover. Oh, yeah, wrapped over the Yeah, if I feel good about okay. it. Did you put anything like a uh, fruit okay, cocktail? Okay, this is what it is. This is this. Have I shared with you this recipe? No, I like it, though. <laughs> I love I love Jell-O. It's ridiculous. I don't know. Jell-O, Jell-O is artificially flavored, but I find it magically delicious. Of course you do. I really do. You know okay, what? so this is, what, this is what it goes in. Oh. Okay. So you mix. <laughs> you start with raspberry Jell-O. Mm-hmm. You mix in whole cranberry sauce. Nice. Okay. Then you add celery. What? Crushed walnuts. What? Yeah. And there's one other thing. Oh, and crushed pineapple. Oh. Okay. What? Yes. Celery, crushed walnuts. I like it. Crushed pineapple and a cup and a half of port. Port? (laughs) What? Port? I hate port. Oh, port. Now, you know, I don't drink. You don't drink. You don't drink, right? Something, it's just, it's very, very good in this jello. Gives you a kick, doesn't it? it? Doesn't. That port. It doesn't. It doesn't give, I mean, it's in well, I jello. I guess it's watered, watered right, really. down. Right, right. Watered down. It's added to about eight cups of jello and yeah, water. Yeah, yeah, The port, where'd that come from? It's a recipe my mom gave me years ago. Yeah, it's the jello It's porter. supposed to be for the Christmas holidays, but right. you know, I'm not going to be boxed in by something like that. <laughs> of course not. So I'm eating up for the Super Bowl. Okay. How about you serving the jello? You know, I, I like just like to get a spoon and scoop the jello in. Yeah. I there's something about cubed jello for me that changes the taste of it. It makes me feel a little sick. It makes me feel like I'm recuperating. I yeah. There's something weird about it. Cube how do they even cube it? Why would you want to do that? I don't know. It's got to be an ease thing of like serving proportions. Are you pouring it into like ice cube trays? No. I, I do don't you... know. When you see you come across upon that once in a while. They're cubing the jello. All of a sudden I feel like I'm at the old country buffet. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's a weird recipe you just had. Isn't it? It's very uh, uh, you almost, weird. You almost like went the route of the shredded carrots, right? <laughs> Which to me that's rough. And for shredded anyone carrot jello. For anyone who has picked on you for a low rent snack, this is like way low more uh, low rent than that. No, 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 no. No, it's you, it's, it's deep. No, it's no. deep yinzer. It's super low rent, but then when you add in the pork, all of a sudden it becomes like, well, la di da. It's kind of like Whoa. It's kind of like my Ovaltine with Kahlua. <laughs> yeah. You, there's As a friend of mine said, that's like McKee's Rocks meets Swickley. <laughs> yes. Let's change the tone of this conversation. In a few minutes, we're going to speak with David Ayers. <laughs> Dr. Ayers joins us from Grove City College. You might like Jello. Uh, probably not. We're going to talk about a Christian marriage. 101.5 WORD. When's the last time you heard someone say we need values back in today's society? We hear a lot of politicians espouse the significance of family values, but few agree on what that even means. As always, there's one perspective on the subject that never changes, and that's God's perspective. To explore the biblical view, listen to Adrian Rogers' insightful study, Treasuring Family Values, this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. Most executors don't want the job, quite frankly. Attorney Michelle Conti, host of Conti's Law on the importance of proper estate administration. There's a lot of steps that go into settling an estate. And if they don't get it right, not knowing the law isn't a defense to why you didn't do it correctly in the first place. When you pass without appropriate planning, it can be very costly. 
We see more fractions within families when death and money are involved. If you don't plan appropriately, it's very common. Siblings don't speak anymore. We act as the mediator for that executor to understand the law. We sit down and go through what probate looks like. Once we go through those steps, we'll assist with getting all of the legal documents, getting you sworn in with the local court, and starting that probate process. And then we will act as the mediator with the beneficiary and the executor. Hear more on Conti's Law, Saturday morning at 9 on WORD. For immediate help, visit ContiLawPGH.com. I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. Today's fluctuating interest rates can leave you with unexpected higher mortgage payments. At Quicken Loans, we've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates so you can buy a home with certainty. It's called Rate Shield, and here's how it works. With Rate Shield, you can lock your interest rate while you shop for a new home. So if rates go up, you don't have to worry. And here's the best part. If rates go down, you get the lower rate. With Rate Shield, we really have you covered. Here are more reasons why you'll want to work with America's largest mortgage lender. For nine years in a row now, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. And for the fifth year in a row, they've also ranked us highest in the nation for mortgage servicing. Rate Shield. Another way we can save you money on your mortgage. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Based on Rocket Mortgage data in comparison to public data records, Rachel approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender license in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. Why a classical Christian education? Because kids learn differently at different ages. Through grammar, we grasp the building blocks of knowledge. Logic teaches how those building blocks relate. Then rhetoric helps us communicate what we know. For over 50 years, Trinity Christian School has intentionally applied this classical approach to education with great success. It's just one reason why they're consistently ranked among the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County. Trinity Christian School at trinitychristian.net. To expose these malignant tumors of addiction, we must find the root causes of our disease. Join Terry Hanna for Christians with Secret Addictions. It's like taking a spiritual x-ray, MRI, or an ultrasound of our inner being. Using the pen as a surgical scalpel, we examine our behaviors, our repressed nature, to find the exact nature of our illness. This is how we come out of hiding. Christians with Secret Addictions. Sunday night at 645 on WORD. A Christian marriage. What does that look like in today's cultural whirlpool? Dr. David J. Ayers is with us. Dr. Ayers is professor of sociology in the Alva G. Calderwood School of Arts and Letters at Grove City College. Until recently, Dr. Ayers was also the dean, currently interim provost and vice president for academic affairs. His brand new book, which premiered February 1st, is called Christian Marriage, a Comprehensive Introduction. Dr. Ayers, welcome to the show. How are you today? Here. Dr. Ayers, are you with us? Yes, I am. Great, great. We couldn't hear you right at the start. Dr. Ayers, um, why a book on marriage? Why now? Well, from the personal standpoint, I've been teaching and researching the subject for over 30 years, as well as having a lot of experience with it and across a number of different states, a lot of different ethnic and age groups. And so, you know, I have, I think I've accumulated a lot that I can bring to the table at this time. We're also at a time of crisis. Um, we're at a point where marriage, as it's traditionally been understood in Western civilization, is gradually being erased, and we're being defeated in the culture wars externally. Internally, the churches 
Uh, we're experiencing a lot of pain and failure in our own churches and our own lives within the church. So I think it's time to really address these things yes. uh, comprehensively and holistically. Right. So, Dr. Ayers, of course, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Uh, in the culture today, a marriage is defined as two people who love each other. They get together, and that's that. But it's far from a Christian marriage, isn't it? It is. I mean, what Christianity has historically understood is that marriage is a creation ordinance. As the old Anglicans said in their wedding ceremony, it was founded in the time of man's innocency. It had clear, clear purposes that God established from the very beginning, procreation of children, a legitimate, uh, legitimate avenue for sexual expression, mutual help, friendship, and then looking forward to the fall as a bulwark against the effects of sin. And this is, this is for all human beings, not just for Christians. We were made to live this way. So how, how do you define Christian marriage? What separates Christian marriage from the rest of the world? Well, Christian marriage has a definite structure. It's, it's not just dependent on our feelings or our desires. We don't make it up. Uh, we don't define that reality. It's a covenant before God and witnesses that we step into and we accept the obligations and demands of meeting uh, that covenant. We understand that the happiness and the benefits that marriage delivers require sacrifice from us, uh, but in the long run, it's a sacrifice that's worthwhile. And we know that really love uh, really should be defined as a feeling, I guess, to a certain extent, but love is much more an action. Love is more, I like to say, to say to my students, love is more of a verb uh, than it is a noun in the Christian lexicon. Mm-hmm. When we think about uh, any conversation about marriage today in America that is more about the people we aren't including, um, so people who are outside of the church, um, not yet believers in Christ, would look at people who are labeled as Christians and say, well, they're just haters. You know, they just like things their way. They want to impose their cultural mandate on all of us who don't believe the same thing they believe. And, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a tough thing to address. And I think one of, the, one of the things that the church has got to do is apply its own standards to itself and uphold those consistently before the world. Now, that includes the fact that we recognize that we are sinners, that we're fallen, uh, that we're redeemed, that we are, in effect, not talking about, we're talking about ideals that we ourselves are not able to perfectly achieve, but we really do strive for those, and, and that striving for those is evident. I think it's also important to emphasize that the Bible cuts across all these things. The, the Bible makes great demands on all of us. It's not as if, for example, Christians are trying to make life difficult for people that are same-sex attracted in ways that they aren't making it difficult, for example, for men that find monogamy difficult, hmm. or for people that want out of marriages but, the, but, but for no other reason than for their personal happiness and satisfaction. The, we all need the grace of God to live out these things that he's called us to. And so in that sense, the, the fact that we've reached a point in our culture that 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 disagreement basically on some of these things as, as mrs pence has discovered recently yes. that, that for any reason other than hating to, to be able to identify why we do these things and yet every day my marriage calls if i'm going to honor it before god it calls for me things that i have to step outside myself and look to god to do and they go against my nature and my natural human desires mm-hmm. it's, it, it's we're not we're not making life easy for ourselves 
and hard for anybody else, not if we're being consistent in what we teach. From Grove City College, we're speaking with Dr. David Ayers. His brand-new book out February 1st is called Christian Marriage, A Comprehensive Introduction. Dr. Ayers, uh, I love in the dedication to the book that you dedicated to your wife, Kathleen, of uh, 35 years. And you say this, she was that cute, interesting, popular social work intern who took a chance on this eccentric, uncool, ex-hippie born again who was not quite out of the woods. And and I love that because there you are, you're showing your hand. And, you know, I mean, what struck me was, and I think a lot of guys get this, you see a woman and you think, oh, I, I, can't, I can't even go there. That woman is just, she's beyond me. And you see yourself in lesser terms. And then you say, she took a chance. And I think for all of us, right, who enter into marriage, we essentially are taking a chance. But a Christian marriage is certainly a heck of a lot better chance with Christ in the middle than it would be in other marriages. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I heard a song for the first time, and I can't believe it was the first time I heard it. Uh, it was on my Spotify stream on the way home from church yesterday. It was uh, Dancing in the Minefields by Andrew Peterson, and it really moved me because his description of marriage is a couple of young people that you know don't really know what they're doing. And then 15 years later, you realize this is really tough, mm-hmm. but it was really worth it. The other thing I would say is, and, and I'll say this about my wife, Kathy, I married up, and then she brought me up. Nice. She, 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 you know, she made me a better person, and she continues to make me a better person. And by the way, marriage should be a friendship in which both partners seek the highest good of the other, which is moral goodness uh, before Christ. And, and, and they're jealous for that. They, you know, my wife challenges me. Uh, she calls me out. And, um, you know, if, if I wasn't married, hopefully I would have friendships and churches that would do that for me as well. But nevertheless, um, but it's only possible if you're willing to meet the demands mm-hmm. and to be committed to this institution. Right. John and I have a friend who says that the essence of marriage is being willing to say I do again to a different person. Now, not that it's actually a different person, but that we all change as we go through different things. So, you know, you married somebody, you know, on that day and you said I do. And then maybe a year later, that person lost their job. And so you have to say I do again to someone who's unemployed. Or maybe that person gets sick. Now you have to say, I do to someone who's sick. And I think that's the thing that's so challenging is that our life circumstances change us as people. And so inevitably that has to change our marriage also. Absolutely. Our marriage, and I think there are so many people listening today could could identify with this. Our marriages involve walking together in times where I would spend the whole night laying awake, staring at the ceiling, wondering where the mortgage payment was going to come mm-hmm. from. Yeah. And, and, you know, wondering, you know, um, it, why did she sign on for this? You know, um, you know, we, we didn't think about this 10 years ago, that we'd be in places like this. And yet, you know, we do this uh, together. And, and in that sense, too, you know, we um, old age brings some terrible things. Um, you know, I went to the post office today, and on the way out of the post office, I saw a woman making her way up the stairs who was obviously going through some very serious cancer treatment. You know, we, we really don't know what life is going to bring. And yet, um, I love that way of putting it. You're, you're saying, I do, over and over again to the person who is there now. Uh, in sin, in sickness, in, in failure, 
in, in trying circumstances, that person is there now. Yes. Dr. Harris, I, I can't imagine what it would be like to be a young person in the dating scene right now. Uh, you know, the way that uh, you and I and Kath and anybody over a certain age have dated looks to be in the rearview mirror of an, of an antique system. How do you at Grove City College talk about the dating world right now to to look at the dating culture, the hookup culture and how that has really, I'm sure the great damage it will do long term to marriages somewhere down the road? Well, I know in my family class, which I've taught for many years here, I talk about I, I try not to get caught up in the dating courtship controversies and some of that other terminology. But I do point out that long series of very deep emotional relationships that, that are followed by breakups, uh, particularly if it's a series of sexual relationships or, or even the worst thing is a series of, of live-in cohabitation relationships, it's scarring. And you also get used to just, I can end this relationship by walking out the door. And it, once you get habituated to that, it's very difficult to, to, for that marriage certificate to mean anything to you. Now, that doesn't mean that repentance and, 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 and really walking in faith and, and receiving the ministry of the church and so forth can't redeem that uh, in some really marvelous ways. But the fact is is that um, I think that what we're seeing a lot and, and what we're seeing statistically, the degree of cohabitation in the church, the degree, the, the, the sheer number of partners and amount of sexual activity outside of marriage in the church is really harming our young people in mm-hmm. very serious ways. And we need to talk about that, but we need to do it with compassion uh, and with a real understanding that it's it's harder for them than it was. I'm, I'm 62 years old, and and it's harder for them than it was for me. I mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have pornography available to me anonymously 24 hours a day when I was 16 years old. And... and you know, I just I think we need to be praying for them as well. They're, they've got a very difficult task ahead of them. Amen. So, Dr. Harris, uh, obviously the work, uh, comprehensive is in the title. Uh, talk about uh, a Christian marriage, a comprehensive introduction in the short time we've got left. It's for whom? It's for educated lay people. It's for elders. It's for pastors. It's for college students. Uh, it's for anybody that really wants to understand marriage as an institution starting with its with what it is and what God built it for and using social science social history and and a good understanding of robust Christian doctrine to look at every aspect of the marriage process uh, including divorce remarriage dating courtship uh, the ways the churches can address this issue and how the churches can do a better job uh, serving married people uh, all those things That's David J. Ayers, professor of sociology in the Alvin J. Calderwood School of Arts and Letters at Grove City College. Thank you so much for joining us. The book, Christian Marriage, a comprehensive introduction. Have you ever used the excuse the devil made me do it? Well, you may be right. I'm Screwtape, demon extraordinaire and star of the Screwtape Letters, the wildly popular stage adaptation of the best-selling novel by C.S. Lewis. In it, I teach young Wormwood the art of temptation, a wickedly witty portrait of spiritual warfare and how demons like me influence your everyday life. But don't take my word for it. After all, why should you trust me? The Associated Press calls C.S. Lewis the Screwtape Letters 
stutters devilishly funny. Lewis's insights still resonate. Christianity Today says it's a profound experience, and the National Review calls it pure genius. See C.S. Lewis, The Screwtape Letters. Get your tickets today. The Screwtape Letters, coming to the Bayam Theater in Pittsburgh, Saturday, February 16th. Hurry, all tickets almost gone. Go today to fpatheater.com. That's fpatheater.com. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville is everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to winter grind with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme Team now at 412-257-1006 or visit ExtremeTruck.net. 412-257-1006, ExtremeTruck.net. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-444-2013. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-444-2013. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-444-2013. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-444-2013. 800-444-2013. In all of our talk about Super Bowl food and new Mike not being able to join us today because of what I am calling a food coma, I was interested to read an article in today's Wall Street Journal about the uh, scope of adult-onset food allergies. Oh. Now, you know, we think... We always tend to mock people just a little bit who've decided that they're gluten intolerant or, you know, whatever, just because not because they're anything's happened to them, but because it's like a medicine via Facebook. Now, wait, that, your mom is gluten intolerant. Yeah. Well, she's had a small bowel biopsy, so she knows for sure okay. that she has celiac disease. New Mike is new. He, he's gluten intolerant. Well, he's gluten intolerant because his wife says gluten makes him, quote, grumpy. Oh. I don't know if you can. No. I'm not sure if we know no, for no, sure. It's not, no. But anyway, it was, it, it was interesting here. A study published in January in the Journal of the American Medical Association found that 10.8% of adults, more than 26 million people, have a food allergy. Wow. And about half of them developed a new food allergy as an adult. What? Really? Do you have any food allergies? I don't. No. Do you? Fritos. No. I mean, because I can't stop eating the things. So <laughs> I wish I was allergic to them. Seriously, I did. It's my Frito allergy. Oh, God. Uh, it's a Frito. It's Frito-free zone. Please. Actually, a true food allergy, John, That's right. is when the body's immune system makes mistakes food is harmful, mm. triggering the immune system to release an antibody called immune, immunoglobulin E or IgE. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen, uh, you know, the peanut allergy kids. Now they're putting patches on their backs, right, to try to reintroduce. Remember, you know, they said... Stay away from peanuts totally. Yeah. Now they're saying you should have peanuts zero to three years of age to try to introduce that into the system. Oh, is that right? Yeah. It says in the article that half of adult shellfish and wheat allergies develop after age 17. 
2017. Really? While fewer than one in five peanut allergies first appeared during adulthood. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, the most common adult onset allergy is shellfish. Really? Do you like shellfish? Oh. Oh, who doesn't? Are you kidding me? Yeah. What I'm allergic to is paying for shellfish. Because that's super expensive. It really is. But boy, wouldn't you like to have a lobster roll right about now? So you're not allergic to anything? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. We no. haven't found it yet. Nope. Mm-hmm. Still looking. I'm, nope. I'm a little chubby and kind of happy about it. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Pass the dip. Coming up next, we'll talk about the Super Bowl commercials and the halftime show. And what a lame game it was. It's mm. next on the ride home. WORD-FM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. After a weekend of nearly unanimous calls from his own party to rise, resign, Virginia Governor Ralph Northam continues to cling to office. I think he's been completely dishonest. The sharpest call came from the chairwoman of the Congressional Black Caucus, Karen Bass, who told NBC's Meet the Press... He needs to resign immediately. ...that followed a Saturday news conference in which Northam tried to walk back his apparent acknowledgement that he was one of the two people in a photo on his medical school yearbook page. It is definitely not me. Neither the person in Ku Klux Klan garb nor the one in blackface. But he went on to say around the same time he did put shoe polish on his face... Anybody's ever tried that, but you cannot get shoe polish off. To but, imitate but Michael a, Jackson. It was a, a dance contest. Northam said he would not resign because it would be the easy way out. I'm Ben Thomas. Good day on Wall Street as the Dow was up by 175 points. The Nasdaq rose 83. This is SRN News. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use is directed. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-375-2830. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-375-2830 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-375-2830 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-375-2830. The Ride Home with John. John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet.
serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. My husband and I wanted to buy a new car, and we don't have very good credit ratings, so the bank recommended Trinity, so we called them. And the people were very nice. They told us the best solution for our problems. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976 to talk to a certified counselor. Trinity consolidated our bills, got us a lower interest rate and a much better monthly payment. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy to manage monthly payment, put a stop to late fees and over limit charges, reduce your interest and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. We feel much better now. Things are going pretty well. And since we've been with Trinity, our credit rating has really improved. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. My name is Ann and we're debt free for keeps. one 800 I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. We've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates. Our exclusive Rate Shield approval. First, we lock your interest rate for up to 90 days. Then, if rates go up, your rate stays locked. But if rates go down, your rate drops. Either way, you win. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. A mild night coming up. Occasional rain and drizzle from late evening on. Low 46. A couple of morning showers tomorrow. Otherwise rather cloudy. Not as warm. The high 48. Mostly cloudy tomorrow night with a low of 36, then rainy on Wednesday and turning milder once again, the high 55, mild weather continuing through Thursday. I'm AccuWeather's Jack Hubbard on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Happy Monday to you as the sun still is shining brightly in the sky on this uh, February, first Monday in February for us. This is the day that should be a national holiday. Um, It's the day after the Super Bowl, and 17 million people across America have decided not to come to work, including about half of the station staff. We've seen it here. There's no like nobody here today. Management's not here. Well, that's management, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, we're keeping it going here, right? We're keeping it going. Classic Mike filling in ably today for New Mike. Classic Mike, we're happy to see you. God bless you, Classic uh, I've Mike. I've mentioned previously in the show, I do believe New Mike is not here, not because of the sinus uh, headache he complained of, but sinus instead headache. food coma. What did he say? He said he had a low-grade fever, which is, listen to this, 99. <laughs> that's pretty low. <laughs> 99. He low. texted that us. It's, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we could possibly a, take that seriously. I got seriously. a low-grade fever. I'm more concerned about how many wings he ate. <laughs> so, But focus on the wings because the game oh, yeah. was rotten. Horrible. That's the worst Super Bowl ever? It's the worst Super Bowl I have. I, I can never remember seeing yeah, the worst yeah. Super Bowl. I mean, except, except the other five that the Patriots won because they were terrible. I was so glad that I was home and it was just family. But that you weren't out at a party. Yeah, yeah. I'm hey, so you've glad. Spent, you've spent a lot of Super Bowls watching party, at, at parties with me. Is that so terrible? No, no, no. But they were good games. Yeah, that's a good point. There's nothing worse than being no, at a right. party with like a bad game. People are like, oh, I've been to parties with horrible Super Bowls. This would have just been insufferable. Yeah, it was. It really was. All right. 
But let's not focus on the game because okay, there's nothing yeah. good that we can possibly no, say about it. Nothing at all. No. Uh, let's talk about Super Bowl ads. Yeah. Listen, to me, this was a really good year for Super Bowl ads. Now, of course, everyone's a critic. Mm-hmm, Everyone has right. their highs and lows. Highs and lows. But I, I thought there were some really quality ads this year. Okay. First of all, uh, hats off to local ads. UPMC. UPMC crushed it. Crushed it. Now, I'm not a big fan of UPMC advertising the way they do. I mean, it's a nonprofit, well, I for hate goodness that sake. song. They play so much. What's that? The UPMC song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but listen, that guy walking around with his with his hospital gown on that was very funny. <laughs> that was funny, funny stuff. It really was. Mm-hmm. They did a really good job. How about um, but uh, there's a couple spots for me that were like top of the list. The Microsoft spot with the kids. Oh, I loved that so much. I got to be honest. I don't know what you're talking about. That's the the boy who was like, you know, I wanted to play a video game and he's got disabilities. And then they showed all these kids, you know, with all sorts of, you know, deformed limbs or mental disabilities or what, whatever. It was a home run for me. I mean, I just loved that spot. It's I think it's called We All Win by I'm, Microsoft. I, I did not see that. Oh, I'm well, sorry that I missed it. Loved that spot. All right. Uh, something that was much, much, much lower in the emotion scale, but just high for humor was uh, Michael Bluth uh, do, taking the elevator down. The Hyundai spot. The Hyundai spot. That was so funny. Well, I can't think of what his name is in real life. Yeah, I don't know. The, he, that was the so... Oh, Kirk Cameron. Oh, yeah. Was no. it Kirk? No, 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 no. no, no. no. Not Kirk Cameron. Not Kirk Cameron. <laughs> he's, making, he's making Christian no, films is what he's about. doing. Why can't I think of his name? I don't know his name. But anyway, the the, the 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 spot itself, the couple gets on the elevator. He's like the elevator operator. Yes. We're just buying a we're just buying a car. And he goes, Oh, you're, you're, go, you're definitely going, going you're down. going down, way down. And then of course every floor is a root canal, the talk. How about the uh jury duty floor? <laughs> <laughs> Jason Bateman, I couldn't think yeah, of his name. Yeah, thank you. We all know he's guilty. Close the door. <laughs> Just close the door and move on. That yeah, was a great yeah, spot. Yeah, that was a very good spot. What, what really struck me this year was there were at least four major spots that featured robots. Mm-hmm. And a couple of them are creepy. On the flip side of that, there were, you know, and as you and I, our kids were pretty much the same age. How many times were we together watching Super Bowl parties where my finger is on the remote ready to change because the channel? Because a GoDaddy spot's going to come on with a woman who doesn't have any clothes on. Exactly. So instead of raw sexuality this year, we got raw technology, which I mm-hmm. think, you know. And some violence. Well, there's always violence in the spots. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but to be honest, I mean, I, I would take the robots any time over, like, you know, kids in the room. Right. Oh, come on, you guys. You know, that's way inappropriate. Right. The, uh, how about uh, this has gotten really mixed um, mixed, mixed feelings. The uh, TurboTax spot with the child robot who wanted to be an accountant. I didn't like that. I liked it. Okay. I thought it was interesting. And, um, it creeped me out. It's a little creepy. Right, but I I thought it was I thought it was pretty well done. Of all the robot spot, how about the robot spot with the uh, super efficient, and then the guys are out after having a beer, and the robot comes against the window, window and, and is in. excluded from right. that. Right, you know both those things. Sort of like all the, I could think of is Alien. Oh, okay. Is that we're going to end up with cyborgs, and it's just going to be you know Paul Reiser, who you know. Coming in after us. Well, you know, the TurboTax thing. Who wrecks our spaceship. But they they played on our fears. Everyone kind of like, oh, the robots are coming. The robots are coming. And, you know, I liked it. It was a creative way to look at our fears and go, okay, let's have some fun with this. Um, How about uh, the uh, feminist dating app, the Bumble? So Serena Williams 
comes on, and of course she looks terrific. She sure does. And there's a little girl, it. Um, also African American, who looks like she's trying to get up the courage to do something, and mm-hmm. it's kind of so it's interspersed photographs of Serena Williams playing tennis and this young girl, and then at the end it's about uh, power, being in control, being in control, because right, you always were right. But then it's about a dating app. All right. Well, I mean, you know, but. We don't know anything about that. Right? I was hoping I mean, it was about voting no. or about, you know, making societal change. It's about a dating app? Yeah, it's okay. It's about a what kind of dating app, did you say? Feminist dating app. What's a feminist dating uh, well, app? you know, someone's in what control. What the heck is a feminist dating app? That's what I'm dating calling app. you know, just saying, oh, I saw that. How about the uh, the Google Translator ad? I love that, too. Which you one was that? Well, you know, they're just using your phone and someone's traveling the world, all these little vignettes. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. I like that. That was really well that. done. Yeah, Me too. I like that a lot. I like that, and I also like the uh, Turkish airline ad. I had not seen that until today, and I thought Turkey looks beautiful. No, I thought so, too. Sure. Well, are I'm people complaining about the Turkish ad? No, they're just saying it wasn't a great spot, but I, I mean, okay, fine. no big deal. What, are, what about the people that make the cup holder that you can put your phone in? What? Weather something? Oh, the weather tech thing. Weather no, tech. No, no. How about that? They made a dog bowl. Right. They make a dog bowl. Seriously? The company makes like floor mats. That's right. I guess what they're famous for. Right. But now you what you didn't see the ad for no, the I miss right. It. So Thank it, goodness. it's it's by them as well and it's just a way to keep your phone upright while you're driving and it's this, this circular thing that fits into your into your cup holder. <laughs> I kept watching it going, like, is there going to be some sort of, like, funny thing that happens? But it wasn't really anything funny yeah, that yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah, right, right. That's all it was. I don't know. Um, I, another spot. Oh, a spot that I love that also creep people out. But because it's a Pittsburgh connection, I love the Andy Warhol ad. Oh. he. D- I loved it. He lost Yinzer cred. He no, couldn't figure out no, how no. to work the ketchup. Well, you know. It was funny, though. When he came on, great. I thought, oh, my, I think that's, that's Andy, Andy Warhol. Warhol. Yeah. So apparently the clip was taken from a documentary that was, I mean, Andy Warhol's been dead since 87, I believe. That's a long time ago. Uh, there he was with mm-hmm. Burger King. I, I liked it. It was just really weird. I liked really it, too. I liked it, too. There's a point of Pittsburgh. Um, chunky Style Milk. Didn't see that. Uh, that was from Mint Mobile. And, the, you know, families, you know, they're drinking milk. We like our chunky milk. And, the, and there's a, a guy watching this spot, and he goes, oh, that's not right. Oh, that's not good. So you just it's a comment on you know using your right the right provider. Um, I hated 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 the devour food porn ad. Yeah, I hated that too. Oh, and I also hated the Olay ad about the the like horrible intruder, the faceless intruder oh, right, that's going right. throughout the house. Yeah, that was yeah. kind of creepy. Scary. I didn't like that. Uh, the Harrison Ford Amazon. That and was du- all right. I thought that was a lot of effort for really Boy, no payoff. If I'm Amazon, get a new agency. Yeah, that, that was like, who cares, really? Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. Uh, the Bud Light Game of Thrones. I'm over that. I'm over the whole Bud Light dilly dilly. I just dilly, I don't dilly, forget it. Corn syrup. Yeah, I'm done. So I, I don't follow Game of Thrones. It's not my you know no, it's not neither. my show. But if you were apparently a Game of Thrones junkie, that was the that was your it was favorite a big ad. Deal. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what else? Oh, the uh, the Audi uh, spot, the I cashew ad. I loved it. I loved that as I well. And I know people did it. not like that. I thought that was very, very funny. Yeah, I thought so Plus, too. Plus, that was a gorgeous car. Oh, it was it ever? Just that was that's a terrific ad. Oh, that sure is. That's up there in my top three. Yeah, the uh, Bon and Vic's uh, the spiked seltzer mermaid ad. Hey, like you said earlier, we watched that spot before we went to air. Both the mermaids wore clothes. 
Yeah. I was thrilled. Now, in the right, not that long ago. Right, that I mean, would have been a GoDaddy ad, oh, and they would be half be naked. Burgeoning, yeah. So it was not a great ad, but That's I was fine. really sort of, you know, again, I'm going back to robots have replaced sexuality great. this year. Well, I mean, for this, for as far as commercials go, I'm happy to see it. Yeah. Um, I, as far as low-tech ads, I enjoyed the T-Mobile text ads. I thought they yeah, were I funny. Yeah, that, that was kind of funny. That was cute. Yeah. That was current. Mm. My favorite ad, though, no Which question was, about it. No question about it. The NFL ad oh. was so terrific. That, oh, yeah. my gosh. How many guys I in the hooted. NFL? I hooted. There were I four Steelers, right? I could not get over it. Uh, there was uh, Juju. There was Franco. There was Terry Bradshaw. And I don't know who the fourth one is. Juju. Oh, Lin Swan was in there. No, Joe Green. Oh, and Joe Green. There's five then. No, Lin Swan was not in it. Are you sure? Yeah, positive. Yeah, it was, okay. Joe, yeah, it was Joe, right. Green, Joe Green, Franco, Green was it, Terry, right? and Juju. It was absolutely it was awesome. Great. Seeing Joe Montana in there, seeing Emmett yeah. Smith in there, seeing <laughs> Peyton Manning. It just went on and on. It was yeah. just – and the, the immaculate reception. Oh, part. that's I fabulous. Mean, I, what a great idea. Sure was. Great idea for an ad. Yeah. It okay. almost made me like the NFL, except then I remembered about the officiating in the horrible Super Bowl. Yeah. So at that point, I just sat back and had some Fritos and dip. Felt good about it. WORD. A man is infinitely superior to a woman at being a man. And a woman is infinitely superior to a man at being a woman. God made us different that he might make us one. Discover how to celebrate the differences God has created in you and the one you love this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. Why get stuck with a Medicare plan that leaves you at a disadvantage? Medicare open enrollment season has been extended through March 31st. So take advantage of your final opportunity this year to make a one-time switch to real Medicare coverage that includes traditional Medicare Part B and the Part D prescription drug plan. The team at Marley Financial knows Medicare is confusing. They know you've got questions and their team of experts can guide you through all the options available so you can make the best choice possible. A comprehensive Medicare plan that lets you access any doctor or hospital you want without a referral with lower deductibles and co-pays little to none. A Medicare plan that's focused not just on cost, but quality. So don't get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses. Call Marley Financial today at 724-884-1496. Remember, deadline's March 31st. Visit them online, marleyfg.com. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade. Through 47 state-certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community. With results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Jen had a very busy day today. Really busy. First, she dropped her kids off at daycare. Then she had a few minutes before yoga class for a coffee. Small latte, please. And then she saved a few lives. Nurse, two units, O negative. One, an injured child. Another, a cardiac patient. And then, a premature baby. All because Jen logged on to bloodsciencefoundation.org and made a financial donation. There, done. You see, local blood donors provide only about half of what is needed to treat patients. 
The other half has to be purchased and relies on financial donations from people like you and Jen. Ooh, cake pops. So, what have you done today? To make a financial donation that saves lives, visit bloodsciencefoundation.org. Blood Science Foundation, giving from the heart. Hey, thanks for being with us. When I was um, in my late teens and early 20s, I essentially put my way through college working in a funeral home. And I count it as one of the blessings of my life because for years I was able to interact with people who were part of the grieving process. And as a young man, it taught me so much about the human condition and I just really think it changed my life. And to see people suffering through such great loss, it, it, it showed me empathy and compassion and kindness in a whole different way. Uh, Marilyn McIntyre is with us. She, she's a, a, an author of wide-ranging work. She's got a book out that uh, is not a new book, but we, we found this and thought this would be a good conversation. The work is titled A Long Letting Go, Meditations on Losing Someone You Love. Marilyn, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm fine. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Marilyn, talk about why you wanted to cover this subject. Well, I have been a hospice volunteer for a number of years, and it's been really satisfying in some of the ways that John just mentioned, uh, to be able to be present with people who are at that heart opening moment in their lives. So, And my parents both had hospice care, and we've seen several family members go. So I think when you get to a certain stage in life and you have witnessed dying and it keeps coming up, I just felt as though it was good for me to reflect on that and to write things down. And I also was hoping to write a book that would be helpful to other people. Yeah. And, and it isn't an odd, Marilyn, that you do, you know, I'm talking to myself and my my friends and family members, you reach a certain age, of course, and your contemporaries or your family members, your parents go first or aunts and uncles and perhaps mm-hmm. siblings and whatnot, they start to go. Um, and yeah. what once seemed unthinkable almost in some ways becomes routine, and it's a shock. Right. It is. And it's it's funny, isn't it? It's kind of a paradox that it's a shock. We know we're all going to die, but knowing just keeps deepening. That awareness, of course, gets bigger of your own mortality as you get older. Yeah. Um, a, a friend of mine would say, death is often inconvenient. Mm. <laughs> yes. And I, I really it does put, get in the way of plans. It, it does, but there's a lot of truth to that about the inconvenience of death. I mean, it's here whether we like it or not, and we have to, we're forced to work through it. So I, I believe in our antiseptic society today where, you know, I, I, there were many, not that long ago, people died in their homes and were viewed in their homes. So you saw them. Now people die in hospitals and are viewed, if at all, in a funeral home. Or perhaps from a lot of people, the, the thought of a funeral or a viewing is untoward as well. So the people just essentially disappear and we do ourselves a disservice. We really do. I think there's a lot of blessing in being able to tend to someone who's dying, be present to them, uh, meet their needs, not have to kind of step around the machinery. And But, you know, hospice organizations have gone a long way toward helping people stay at home to die, or if not, helping them die in hospice centers that are as home-like as possible and really 
take the mechanization out of dying. Hmm. I'm really grateful for that very widespread organization. Marilyn, and all the people that you've been with as they are on that journey, what is it? What have you learned that's important for us to know as we go along on those journeys? Every dying is different, and you can't assume what people need because people need very different things. Some people want you to hold their hand. Some people want you to keep a little distance. Some people want conversation. And it also changes from day to day. And so I think some of being a caregiver is learning how to be watchful and attentive to what the call of the moment might be and to how that fluctuates. When my mother-in-law was ill, I remember multiple times, I mean, at least at least four times that popped to mind, and there, there could have been more, that we were certain that she was going to die. And then mm-hmm. she didn't. And then when she finally died, it was like, it, I'm not saying it was at an inconvenient time. It, was, it, it just was not when we thought it would happen. That's right. You know, I think that there's a lot of language about stages of dying and stages of diseases and so on. But my experience is that very little goes in progressive stages. People rally. And as you say, people stick around for a long time before you think, after you think that it's their time to go. Mm-hmm. Or, of course, you think someone has six months and they go in three weeks. Right. So I think that there's something very humbling about having to live into this period of life, I won't call it a stage, when um, the mystery of our living and dying is really foregrounded. The mystery, yeah. Uh, I've talked about this before on air, Marilyn, but uh, when my father died, I was in my early 20s, and I did not honor his death well. Essentially, as a guy, I, I refused to believe it, and so I avoided it. And so we did not have a conversation all that time I sat with him, truly a conversation that was honest and grounded in the certainty of his of his imminent death. Now, my mother, decades later, I, I really absorbed that, and I thought, that was really stupid, John. I mean, how could you lack the courage to engage? So my mother died. I made a point of being so deeply present and really open and transparent. I mean, that was a totally different journey. And, and so I reflect back on those two bookends of my parents' life, and I, I do. I, th- I think it is a matter of courage for the person who is attending the people that are dying and for the person who's dying as well, that if not now, when? And if not honesty, how can we not engage to sort of sum up where we've been on this journey together, whether it's parent or child or husband or wife or you know distant relative or just person to person? There's something to be said about the, the truth of the moment, isn't it? There really is, and I, that's such a good point. And I think that one of the ways that can emerge is to ask questions. Are, is it okay with you to talk about this? Um, I'm wondering how you might feel about reflecting back on this incident in our lives, but just sort of opening the door and asking if they want to step through rather than saying, I want to talk about this or I have some unfinished business. I think it's important not to take our own agendas into other people's dying, but certainly to open those doors and to offer uh, clarity, honesty, uh, opportunity for forgiveness, or for anything that might need still to be said. Marilyn, we only have a couple minutes left. Um, I know you are a list maker. Uh, your book, Make a List, was one oh, of my I favorite am. books of last year. So do, <laughs> do, do you incorporate any list making in your hospice work? I do. 
Yeah, I think, you know, people kind of joke about the bucket list. But I think to ask people, is, are there things you'd like to do in the next couple of weeks or you'd like me to do or you'd like me to let your kids know? Or, you know, are there things you're hoping for in this time that I could help facilitate and making lists for them? I think helping people enumerate very specific things helps them actually to come to terms with the question, what do I need and want now? And it may be that they want something more than a a different pillow or to be more physically comfortable. They may want a particular phone call with a particular unlikely person. So lists kind of help bring things like that out. Nice. Well, Marilyn, thanks. We enjoyed the conversation mm-hmm. with you because what what I love about you is that you write about so many different, different subjects. Things. And so it's always a pleasure to engage. You've got a brand new workout called Occasions, Selected Poems. Take a second and tell us about that. Well, I've published several volumes of poetry, but this one I had no intention of publishing. These are all poems that were written for special occasions in particular people's lives, birthdays, anniversaries, losses, and so on. And a friend of mine who had read quite a number of them said, you really need to publish these. And I said, no, they were just written for private occasions. She said, there's lots of occasional poetry and anthologies. Why don't you just cobble them together? So I did. And I've been gratified that people have taken pleasure in them. Well, we always take pleasure in your time with us. That's Dr. Marilyn McIntyre, dedicated list maker and the award-winning author of many books on language and faith. Yes, find Marilyn online, marilynmcintyre.com. Take a break. Come back. We're going to speak with Alistair Begg during our 530 hour. You know, as your kids get older, right, they go from um, tweens to teens to, you know, young adults. At least for me, you know, you struggle with that time alone. That It becomes fewer and much more precious. So yesterday I was really excited because I got to drive my uh, son up to Grove City College. He's a junior there. And, uh, you know, the road's a little dicey, but, you know, we spend some time in the car together. And... Um, I'm talking about, uh, you know, what the semester ahead and what that looks like. And he he makes this offhanded comment, you know, yeah, Dad, you know, I I know the semester is before us, but I'm always anxious. And he he said, I like this, that he had the awareness. I'm always anxious about what's ahead and where my place is in the future. I get that. I mean, you know, I think whether you're 18, 28, 68 and beyond, Mm -hmm. you're always anxious about that. Sure, of course. Here's the response. I know from having my boy at Grove City College these past three years, he is in the right place. And I know this essentially because of the excellence of the people that he is surrounded by. The teachers, the faculty, all the administration, these are solid people. It's a biblical worldview. These are big-brained people who care for my son, and I know it firsthand. So fear about the future? No doubt. The idea that you're on the right track and God's in control, that he's got your back, I've got great confidence in that as well. Find out more information about Grove City College. Look for them online, gcc.edu. Folks, we must come out of hiding before we can recover and heal. Join Terry Hanna for Christians with Secret Addictions. How do we recognize the exact nature of our sins, our secrets, our embarrassing behaviors, our repressed nature must be brought to the forefront. We have to write it down to own it. We have to look at our mess before we can clean up our mess. Christians with Secret Addictions, Sunday night at 645 on WORD. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? 
Are you barely getting by making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people. They're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-518-4020. 800-518-4020. That's 800-518-4020. A mild night coming up. Occasional rain and drizzle from late evening on, low 46. A couple of morning showers tomorrow, otherwise rather cloudy, not as warm, the high 48. Mostly cloudy tomorrow night with a low of 36, then rainy on Wednesday and turning milder once again, the high 55, mild weather continuing through Thursday. I'm AccuWeather's Jack Hubbard on 101.5 Word FM. You know, John, you and I both love to travel. And I think one of the things that I I really enjoy is getting up in the morning when I'm somewhere I'm not familiar with and just thinking, well, what the heck's going to happen today? Let's go. Okay. I have an idea for you. What's this? CNN Travel Today wrote about uh, Klaus Bobel. He's a fourth-generation German butcher who took his passion for making sausages to another level. What? He's 48 years old, and he founded the Bobel Bratwurst Bed and Breakfast (laughs) in Nuremberg, Germany. I like it. It's a sausage-themed hotel. Very nice. Okay. Uh, It's adjacent to his butcher shop. He lives next door with his wife and two kids and says he decided to open the hotel to celebrate the sausage. Nice. He said, I like to travel around the world, and when I travel, I like to have different foods and experiences, but this one is pretty intense. When you go into the room, and there are photographs to prove it, there are sausages hanging from the walls as decoration. Nice. And at the end of the night, instead of your mint on your pillow, you know what's there. A sausage. <laughs> and it's not a little one. He, he opened the hotel in his barn next to the butcher shop, describing it, quote, as a place where people meet in Bavaria. In my home, and eat typical food, and connect together. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. How would you sleep well with that? I can't. Um, I can't imagine. It seems very fragrant. Yeah. Um, he's already had guests visit the hotel from across the world. He said, "In the first four months I've been open, I've had people from China, Japan, Nigeria, France, Italy, Sweden, and Spain." He said, "People who enjoy this type of thing." Or, sorry, people who don't enjoy this type of thing don't book, he says, because they see many pictures on the Internet before they come. <laughs> yeah. So if you just happen to wander into the Sausage Hotel, right? Is that what it, what's it called? It's called the um, it's called the uh, it's the Bobel Bratwurst Bed and Breakfast. Bobel Bratwurst Bed and Breakfast. Mm-hmm. Book now because spaces are going fast. <laughs> <laughs> that would not be good. A sausage on your pillow. Right. You have to have like. Because it's got to be greasy. Sick. That's sick. I like that's, it a lot. Something's wrong with that. Klaus, good idea. 
How do you celebrate faith, family, and fun? How about on eight wheels? Don't miss the next Word FM Skate Night at Neville Roller Drone, Monday, February 4th. Kenny Woods has the audience going in circles every first Monday of the month playing your favorite CCM hits with prizes and giveaways 6.30 to 9 p.m. You could even win a free skate night for your family. Admission is $7. Skate rental just three more. Details at SkateNRD.com. Word FM Skate Nights at Neville Roller Drone at SkateNRD.com. My dad, a hard-working, regular blue-collar guy, a Korean War vet, a Pittsburgher, a Yinzer. He married, raised a family, and gave over 20 years of his life to one company, and that company filed for bankruptcy. I watched my mom and dad struggle at a late age, and it was tough, but they made it. For almost 30 years now, I, and now Ethan, have helped all the people that God entrusted to our management, putting together retirement blueprints, personalized, customized solutions that help people retire with confidence, clarity, and independence, the way I wished it would have happened for my parents. I'm Kurt Knodek. My company, Accurate Solutions Group, would love to help you. It's never too late. It's never too early. Just call 412-515-3555, 412-515-3555, or visit ASGRetire.com. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade. Through 47 state-certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community. With results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville is everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to winter grind with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme Team now at 412-257-1006 or visit ExtremeTruck.net. 412-257-1006, ExtremeTruck.net. If you're wondering how kids can be truly educated when God, Scripture, and prayer are removed from the classroom, well, wonder no more because you have choices nearby and you'll find them on the map at PittsburghChristianSchools.net. PittsburghChristianSchools.net. 101.5 WORD. The world teaches us to look out for our own needs and desires. But this week on Truth For Life, Alistair Begg encourages us to take a different approach. We're learning how to promote unity through humble, sacrificial love. Monday through Friday on Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Tomorrow morning at 6 on 101.5 WORD. I love the joy that children bring to the office. Good dental habits begin early with Dr. Megan Stock. I like creating those good, positive first experiences. My mommy is a really good dentist and she'll take good care of you. Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. You have my word on it. Alistair Begg is with us. Alistair served two churches in his native Scotland before answering the call in 1983 to become senior pastor of Parkside Church in suburban Cleveland, Ohio. 
Alistair is a graduate of the London School of Theology. He has written more than several books in his her daily here on Word FM, starting this morning at 6 a.m. Alistair, welcome back to Word FM. Thank you very much. It's uh, it's a privilege to uh, to be partnering with you. Yeah, Alistair, we're thrilled to have you back. And um, I want to hear about the decision. Talk about why radio and why you still feel like it has an impact for your ministry. Well, you know, I always say to folks when they ask around these things that the vision for this was it was not mine. It's my voice and it's somebody else's vision. And so uh, when the thing uh, began many years ago, uh, I was, if you like, uh, uh, drawn to it by those who said, you really ought to do this. And uh, I wasn't skeptical. I was believing. And now all these years later, I've realized what a phenomenal uh, thing it is to be able to have access to so many people and often in a very secret way as they're uh, driving in their car or listening on their own. Yeah. And so it has proved for us to be a, a, a wonderful uh, way in which to uh, just to, uh, take the message that is delivered week by week uh, here in Cleveland and uh, uh, see it extended beyond the borders of our own little territory. Alistair, John and I have talked for years about how radio is a more intimate medium than television is. You know, I, I don't know if it's the distraction of the visual when it comes to television and so it kind of dilutes the message, but there's something that is intensely personal about someone like you speaking to people all over the country who are listening to those words and the message and really taking it in, in an individual way. Yeah, I, I would concur with that, Kathy. I mean, as, as a radio listener myself, I, I think that... Uh, you know, my wife said to me, she said, you know, you have a perfect face for the radio. And uh, I, t- I, take that as a gen- I take that as a genuine encouragement. But uh, there's, no, um, there's no sense in which uh, one is building a relationship on the strength of, of looks, that's for sure, because there are no looks. And so then there is that dimension of, of a voice and uh, imagining just what that voice looks like. And people come every so often and meet me and say, so it's you. And I say, yeah, now you see the funny face that goes with the funny voice. And uh, and they're usually surprised because they have me pigeonholed in their mind, at least, in, in a very different way. Yes. Alistair, you arrived here in America in the early 80s, and um, congratulations on serving one church for these many, many decades. It's a rare thing that a pastor would do that nowadays. But to look at the culture in the United States and, and of course, the worldwide culture as well, um, you really can't – it'd be hard to imagine 1983 where we are as a society in 2019. But having said that, of course – the, the timelessness of Jesus Christ and the gospel that will be with us forever, um, those two things for a lot of people seem to be at odds with each other. But you always preach differently knowing the truth of the gospel. Yes, I, 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 again, I think that's absolutely correct. Uh, the, the, world, uh, the world in 1983 is vastly different from the world in 2019. And that is also true of... Uh, the United States here in in so many different ways. And the the sort of idea, the prevailing notion is that uh, those who've lived uh, most recently must be the brightest, when in actual fact, uh, uh, history doesn't bear testimony to that. And the sort of uh, impact of the Bible when it is uh, served up, if you like, in a palatable way, um, 
proves itself again and again to be timeless uh, in its impact. And one of the things that uh, I've learned along the way is that there is no sense in which uh, one is entrusted with the responsibility of quotes making it relevant. But the task for someone like myself is the privilege of simply showing how relevant it is. And it is in its uh, ongoing relevance that it transcends cultures and genders and times. And uh, it's just an immense privilege. Alistair, are you a U.S. citizen? Yes, I am. After 9-11, I became a U.S. citizen. Oh, is that right? Wow. All right, so talk about your perspective on where we are culturally. And I guess I'm specifically talking about um, polarization, about people choosing sides politically and being, um, I don't know, becoming slowly more and more incapable of communicating with people um, who have a different perspective. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's totally bewildering to uh, realize that Um, particularly at the moment on university campuses, uh, which uh, were traditionally bastions of free speech and novel ideas and crazy sit-ins, have now become the protectors of a certain ideology. And so if anybody uh, would uh, have the temerity to uh, interfere with that in any way or challenge it, then uh, the opportunity for, uh, for free speech in that environment is, is almost closed down entirely. It, it's, it's, it's a quite incredible double standard as well. And so uh, what it means is that those of us who have things to say that run, if you like, uh, counter to uh, contemporary perspectives need to be uh, 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 strategic, need to be uh, winsome, uh, need to be imaginative, uh, and all of those things without actually giving up the, the things that we are uh, called to say. So, you know, for example, the, the idea that, uh, you know, multiculturalism is such that every idea is, is of equal, equal uh, value. But, of course, uh, any, anybody thinking for a moment or two would realize that that, 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 that is not the case. Right. None and of us really think that. logically the case. Right. No, I know, but but the the, the idea that uh, that this is true uh, is is so um, so prevalent right. that uh, and and especially if if anyone says you know and a lot of uh, psychologists have said this or a lot of scientists have said this, uh, I know a lot of both of them and uh, they're not all as. Uh, uh, as reliable as we might have expected. Isn't that frustrating? I, you know, I often think, you know, we, we, our culture seems to talk with this idea of every idea, every culture being equal, but none of us really act that way. I mean, even, even those who, who would say that, actually in their, in their daily life, they don't think that everything's equal. So it's kind of like we're saying one thing without believing any of it. Yeah, it's, it, it is... It, you know, I I continually find myself saying it's, it's as if everything was just turned upside down overnight, and um, and it makes it makes me think of some of the words of the prophets, you know, in the Old Testament that they will call evil good and good yeah. evil. Right. It just the thing is upside down, and so one of the challenges of uh, gospel proclamation is to uh, show the the inconsistency of many of these um, positions. And then in a kindly way to show the the radical alternative that is presented in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes. 
Alistair Begg is with us. Truth for Life airs Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. right here on 101.5 Word FM. Alistair, both Kath and I have uh, kids in college. And so we we think and, and wonder about what will the decades be down the road where you have a child, and especially a child who has been raised in the church, and a child perhaps has attended a, a Christian high school and a Christian college, what that looks like as the young adult goes out into the workplace now with a, a, a less than friendly sort of um, understanding of what it is to be a faithful believer. In some ways, our children, I feel as though I'm putting them on the front lines where they're going to be the enemy and having to f- defend themselves and their way to make a livelihood. Um, does that seem odd? I mean, that's come so quickly, and maybe that's just me as a father being slightly paranoid about the coming changes. But I think about um, you know the Benedict option with Rod Dreher, as we as believers have to sort of somehow close ranks to make sure that our strength is still solidified or, or, within the government. Or what was the hashtag movement? La- um, was it last week or the week before about Christian schools? Oh, right. Um, what was it like out your Christian school or something like that? Right. Yeah. So there was talk about that. That right? was from the New- for the New York Times article. Alistair, how do you see that? Well, um, I, I, a number a number of things come to mind as, as, as you're saying that. I don't think there's any question, but that that we have lived in the last uh, quarter of a century or more um, through not simply a cultural revolution, but certainly a moral revolution. And that the the seeds of that were planted long before uh, they came to flower in in the present generation, and so there is no question that the challenges are daunting. At the same time, we we remind ourselves that if we go back in in the history of God's people, yes. we can only imagine what it was like for uh, the parents of uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and right. Abednego to discover that their that their uh, well-schooled uh, and, uh, and devout youngsters were swept away and caught up in another empire, uh, were given new names, were uh, completely reinculturated, were uh, educated in the, in the thought forms of an, of an alien power. And yet the history of that time in relationship to those folks is that in the most daunting of situations, it was there that God... Uh, showed himself strong in the lives of those who were prepared to take a stand uh, in the areas uh, that they were, you know, un- unprepared or unwilling to give in on. And, and did, I do think, and and well, sorry, go ahead. No, no, please, you finish. And 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 I and I do think that in the providence of God, uh, this this sort of this bubble is eventually going to explode, and. And there's going to be a lot of collateral damage, but there will be, as in every situation, inevitable opportunities for the gospel. And the great challenge, I think, is, is, is to the church to make sure that it doesn't do what it's done in the past, and that is marry the spirit of the age and then become a widow in a subsequent generation. Mm-hmm. And the great danger for, for the church, for, for evangelicalism, for biblical Christianity is, is that we would allow the pressure of an alien environment to, to cause us to become increasingly frayed on the edges and to, in a, in a quest for acceptability, uh, give up the very foundations that are the basis of mm-hmm. uh, uh, personal and uh, individual and national and cultural 
transformation. So what we have to remind ourselves is that, that, that God is sovereign, that Jesus is an ascended king, that nothing is out of control and nothing will get out of control. And if you feel it as a parent of college kids, imagine what it feels like for me as a grandparent of, of children, you know, eight and under. Because as they drive in the car with me and I do the multiplication on their lives, then I find that I'm starting to sound like my own grandfather. And, and we have to be aware of, be, beware of the notion that, you know, this, this whole program is going to end with us, <laughs> which, it, which is not. I mean, unless the Lord returns, uh, history will proceed for the time being. And the same God who has preserved his gospel, who has uh, brought to fruition, even in the cultural revolution of China, the vast expansion of the church, is more than capable for dealing with the, the nonsense of uh, a, a very secular, increasingly secular country called Great Britain or the United States. We're talking to Alistair Begg back on Word FM, 6 a.m. with Truth for Life. Uh, Alistair, I'm glad you brought up the characters from the book of Daniel, but I often think about them. But I, I had a friend years ago who said that his favorite characters in the Bible were Daniel's parents. Yeah, that's good. Because he it? said, what do you, what kind of parents were they that, that caused a kid to have to have that full-throated of an understanding of what his purpose was, what God's purpose was. He had he feared all the right things and didn't fear all the right things. I mean, that's the kind of kids that we hope we can raise. Absolutely. And, you know, I just watched Fiddler on the Roof again with my grandchildren two or three nights ago and was struck again by, you know, I mean, the great song with Tevye. And, and, and when he sings tradition, he stops and he says, you know, tradition... Uh, uh, teaches us who we are and what God expects of us. And so in Daniel's case, you know, as, as, a, as a Hebrew boy, he was brought up with the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. And that was drummed into him morning, noon, and night. It, it, it then speaks to the issue of, if you like, uh, the, the, the huge responsibility of parents and grandparents to make sure that those early influential uh, years of a child's life are being saturated with the truth of God's Word because they will not be able to recall it when they need it if they do not have it uh, shared with them in, in their infancy. Amen. And that speaks to many things about the way the church operates, the way we deal with children's ministry, the way we approach things like catechisms and uh, instilling in things in, in young people, something that for many years actually has been uh, regarded somewhat loosely by by many of our of our uh, contemporary approaches to church life, certainly here in America. Yes. Alistair, just a few minutes left. I have a good friend who always talks about um, the question amongst us as believers, how's your prayer life? What are you praying for? And how does that work for all of us? Yeah. All right, is, are you addressing that question to me? Yes, sir. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I think my honest answer to that would be not as good as it should be, uh, not as uh, not as thought out as it might be, not as consistent as I would like it to be. But um, I, I, we it is it is a matter of of uh, grave concern that on a daily basis uh, I would be both listening to God in His Word and speaking to Him in prayer. And that out of the, um, the fullness of that personal and private realm, 
uh, one then is entrusted with the privilege and the responsibility of, of leading God's people in prayer in, in public ministry. And, and I think that one of the ways in which our people can tell whether we actually talk to God on our own is when we seek to talk to him in public. I mean, if I have to get out a book and read from it, then the chances are that I haven't had a very engaged personal conversation uh, during the days of the week when I have not been in the public arena. Uh, so we are exercised about that as a church, about a leadership, as leadership in a church, and so I'm personally exercised about it. I find myself staying with the disciples many a day. Lord, teach me how to pray. Amen. Alistair, we're excited. Thrilled that you're yeah. back and that uh, you're part of the Word FM Airwaves with Truth for Life at 6 a.m. every day. Thanks so much for your kindness, your generosity, as always. John and Kathy, thank you for the opportunity to talk with you. We're delighted to be back as well, and uh, I'll, I'll see you down the road. For sure. Alistair Begg, 6 a.m. every morning here, Monday through Friday on Word FM. Question, do you have a health insurance plan you are not happy with? Well, Bethany and Jason thought they were stuck. Their plan just kept getting more expensive, and Bethany's favorite doctor didn't even take that plan anymore. And then some friends at church told them about MediShare. With our previous insurance, we were paying $1,200 a month. With MediShare, we now pay around $600 a month. Yes, they're paying $600 less per month, and that's a pretty typical savings with MediShare. And they actually like MediShare more. I was able to go back to my original doctor that I absolutely loved, and it's just been an absolutely beautiful thing being a part of MediShare. Yeah, so they pay a lot less, and they like it more. No wonder MediShare is growing so fast. Find out more. They're super easy to talk to. All you have to do is call 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-B-I-B-L-E, 844-41-BIBLE. Get smarter every day at Ozzy.com. Try a new news site that tells you about the most interesting people, places, and ideas. Discover the next Obama or maybe the next LeBron James. Try OZY.com right now. Ozzy, it's like a latte for your mind. Get some. And we've been talking about the Super Bowl. Well, really, the bowl, because it really wasn't super. Right, it was. But we have not yet talked about the uh, halftime extravaganza. Yeah. Oh, boy, people are so happy. I mean, I've, people are saying it's the worst halftime show of all the halftime shows, and it's so terrible. What What do you expect? I don't know. Well, It's like six minutes long. Relax. To be honest, I missed Prince. I did. Well, Prince is no longer living. Yeah. So, but, so you know, whenever you saw him, you know... The, Whenever you saw the guy walking around with his shirt off, I go, man, well, I'm sure Miss Prince. Why did that have to happen? That was why. Why do you have a postcard on your belly? Why California? Why does? Why is no one has ever tattooed Pennsylvania on their belly? I just bet. <laughs> I just I think on their abs it doesn't say like Kansas. Or if they something. did, they'd be taxed for that probably. This is what I liked. I liked. I, I was. A, I was an absolutely enormous Maroon Five fan when they first came out. Their first two albums, first three albums, I I just have. I, every bit of it is memorized in my head. They were so good. In the last, ever since then, it's like I can't, I just cannot even stand it. So I appreciated the fact that most of their songs were old. Yeah. I like that. The whole thing with the shirt leave is just was so ridiculous. Yeah. 
But whatever. And the dichotomy, I didn't know the rap. Uh, the oh, rap yeah, guys. I didn't. Who, who are they? I didn't know them either. I knew the one guy from Outcast from I Like the Way You Move, but I didn't know that he was in it. I didn't know he was part of Outcast. And was that an actual fur? Because if it was, he must be getting so much hate. <laughs> I, I like the contrast between a shirtless guy standing next to a guy in a fur. I mean, <laughs> in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> that was wild. Yeah. I mean, okay, the show. All right. What's what no do you? No big deal. It's yeah. It's it's a quick little chunk of showbiz. That's so all. what do you expect out of a halftime show? I don't know. Was Justin Timberlake was last year, right? That was a that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I like Justin Timberlake a lot. I mean, when I think about memorable ones, I think of Justin Timberlake, U two, and Prince. Yeah, that's about it. I can't really think of any other ones. No, no. Janet Jackson when she had her wardrobe. No, that's horrible. Yeah. What 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 if they had like you know and next year they had like Amy Grant. And Michael W. Smith at the halftime. Can you imagine people like going nuts? You think they'd hate on Maroon Five? Oh my gosh! Can you imagine? Yeah, it's kind of hard. I mean, because you've got to reach all these sort of social I checkpoints. Like, I kind of I thought the marching band was weird. I loved it. Fun. Oh, no, I, I loved that. it. No, I liked that. I liked the gospel choir. I liked all the little lanterns on "She Will Be Loved," oh, that was which cool. is one of my favorite Maroon Five songs. How about the woman in the gospel choir? She crushed yeah, it. Holy sure. smoke! Oh my gosh! We didn't talk about Gladys Knight. Oh, Gladys Knight killed it. That was a great national anthem, Absolutely wasn't it? Absolutely A+. Plus. 74. Fabulous. Yeah. Hey, have a great night. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow, God willing. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.